Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Paul and Jordana, it is good to be alive right now. DJ2. It is. Happy Friday. Oh, man. And historic day. And historic day with the Supreme Court nomination yeah. of the first African-American woman in our yeah. history. This is an historic and exciting day. Uh, I understand the world is burning. We are, uh, or Ukraine and Russia are at war and we're seeing casualties, civilian and otherwise. And it is tragic, but is an historic day here in Minneapolis or in, in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, it's good news and bad news. The mm-hmm. good news is mm-hmm. the pandemic is easing. More and more masks are coming off. The bad news, uh, we have the biggest battle, uh, the first war in Europe since World War II. And uh, certainly our hearts go out, prayers going out to the folks in Ukraine. About 100,000 people have already fled their homes in Kiev, the capital of, of Ukraine, Jordana. And you know what? Say what you will about the Ukrainians. They're overpowered by the Russians, but they seem to be punching above their weight yesterday. Now, this is information from yesterday. There's at least a one-day lag. The Ukrainian military destroyed 30 Russian tanks, 130 armored combat vehicles, seven aircraft were downed, and six helicopters in one day of intense Mm. fighting. That was yesterday. Today, uh, there are Russian troops inside Kiev the capital Mm -hmm. of Ukraine, and that is where Ukraine's president, Volodymyr Zelensky, is uh, still hanging on, and he is now a wartime president. He was a comedian. I don't know if you know the story about Zelensky. He was a comic, Mm -hmm. uh, very popular, and uh, we'll see. He's holding his ground, but he did basically call out President Biden and other Western allies for not doing more to stop Russia's all-out assault on his nation. He said, This morning, we are defending our country alone. Just like yesterday, the most powerful country in the world looked on from a distance. And, um, I mean, the goal, the United States, NATO, the European Union, is to isolate Russia, turn it into an international pariah. And today, Russia warned neighboring Finland of serious military and political repercussions if Finland tries to join NATO following the invasion of Ukraine. Finland uh, was once a part of Russia. Uh, They've Mm -hmm. been independent and neutral for the better part of, what, 90 years. But, uh, yeah, the Russian foreign ministry 
said during a weekly briefing that a Finnish addition to NATO could have detrimental consequences. Their words, both Sweden and Finland now, more than ever, after seeing what happened to Ukraine, want to become members of NATO. So we'll see where that goes. Well, I don't blame them, uh, nor do I blame Zelensky, saying we all stood by and watched it yeah. happen because we knew it was going to happen. We did stand by. I think that uh, world leaders do have a serious issue when it comes to this. I understand they're not a member of NATO, and only if you're a member of this club do you get support. But my God, uh, you know, they went in and murdered civilians and 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 people who are just took up arms to protect their country. So... I don't know. I think the world does have a responsibility to Ukraine, and I, I don't know how to solve it, but my heart really goes out to them. I, I feel we probably could have done more. Yeah, they're in this weird, you know, this weird state of limbo, and uh, mm-hmm. they're kind of on their own. But I'm amazed by how fierce they are. They're, they are standing up to the Russians. When we come back, Tim Lammers has some ideas what to watch in the theaters this weekend. Joining Paul and Jordana to talk Hollywood, film reviews, and all things movies from directconversations.com. It's Tim Lammers. Presented by Bradshaw and Bryant Personal Injury Attorneys. Seeking justice for the injured. Find them at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Foo Fighters, you got to get me a record. It's our 10th album. we got to break the mold on this one. Let's go. Let's go somewhere we've never been. This place is amazing. Do you guys get this overwhelming sense of debt? Doesn't really seem like the right fit. Whoa, that's rad. That was weird. The sound of this house is the sound of album 10. I love Dave Grohl. I love the Foo Fighters. This movie, Studio 666, sounds bizarre and weird, and I can't wait to see it. And Tim Lammers' streaming <laughs> reviews are brought to us by Brad Sean Bryant, and he's here to shake it out for us. Hey, Tim. Hi, Jordana. And yes, it's weird. It's bizarre. It? It's all of the above that you mentioned. It is, if I could boil it down, a rock and roll horror comedy. Oh, so okay. you might be checking out with the oh, horror. No, no, that's not Jordana. I don't but like if you that. love Dave yeah. Grohl and the few Foo Fighters. I mean, look, it's 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 all there. I mean, it is done in the style of a B horror movie from the 1980s. You know, it's like a mm. combination of your Halloween and the Exorcist and the Evil Dead. Oh. The acting is terrible. It's the Foo Fighters that play themselves in the thing. Dave Grohl plays himself. He's probably the best out of all of them. But they know they're not doing Shakespeare. They're just having a great time being a bunch of rock and rollers who probably love these old horror films. So they said, hey, let's make one for ourselves and and put that Uh, one in the history books. Tim, I have to to ask, uh, forgive me, is is this basically a remake of Rocky Horror Picture Show, a 21st (laughs) century Rocky Horror Picture Show? No, nothing like that. Nothing like that. I just think it's a bunch of guys who, you know, Dave Grohl had this idea of a a mansion being uh, haunted with evil uh, spirits, and uh, they go to record an album there, and they discover, uh, he discovers, a reel-to-reel tape in a crypt, and uh, he plays the song, and that unleashes evil. He becomes possessed. Uh, he gets really crazy really fast, and his fellow Foo Fighters bandmates are in peril. So it's really 
some schlocky stuff. But again, like I say, they're in on the joke. Um, I, again, I, I think that the Foo Fighters fans are going to enjoy this the most. I honestly, I know who Dave Grohl is. I mean, being in entertainment all these years, I don't own any Foo Fighters music, never been to one of the concerts or anything like that, but I do like the guy a lot. Um, one big warning, though. I watched this one in the afternoon before dinner, but with all the blood, guts, and gore, I couldn't oh. eat that night. Really? That bad? Hmm. Oh, it's crazy. It is so crazy. Some of the stuff is so incredibly gnarly. They get really creative, though. I mean, the ghosts, and not the ghosts, but the monsters, the creatures in it, are pretty cool. And they can actually be pretty creepy at times. Um, But, you know, when it gets gory, and they're very creative in the way they create this gore, it gets gory. And it's like, okay. Okay, I'm not eating pizza tonight. Okay. No. <laughs> I'm not having ribs. <laughs> just, oh, all right. right. So maybe I'll pass. Maybe that's a hard pass. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see. Yeah. I can't see them coming out with a sanitized version anytime soon, uh, yeah. Jordana. Okay. So probably that's just right. best to, to leave this one be. Paul, I don't I know. You. If you like horror films, you know, maybe you go give it a go. I'm living in a horror movie. So, no, I, I prefer <laughs> escapism that isn't horror. <laughs> but. Um, Tim, can you talk a little bit about the Oscars? Quite an uproar. What? It, it sounds like a gong show again this year. What happened? Oh, my God. They, it, it's one of what's that saying, cutting off your nose to spite your face, kind of that kind of deal. They what's just can't on? get anything right. A few years ago, they proposed not uh, handing out some of the Oscars live. Mm-hmm. All right. That was it caused that caused an uproar. Well, Again, one of the biggest criticisms of this show is that it runs way too long. Well, so the natural, natural inclination is to cut some categories from the live broadcast, edit things down, show the speeches or a condensed version of the speeches during the broadcast. But that's for eight um, categories that they're proposing. A couple of them are big, like Rest Original Score, Best Production Design, you know, the sorts of things that have ticked off the um, people that represent uh, musicians so much that they're asking all of the nominated composers, and there are a lot of big ones, to not attend the ceremony in protest. So wow. now, you know, the, it, it's, it, it, look, I, I, in Hollywood, there used to be this thing about uh, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad publicity. All publicity is good publicity. But mm-hmm. I, they, this is something that this is a, a, a black eye that the Academy does not want. Yeah. I, my proposal to them is cut the, uh, you know, the, the, the pre-key speeches down. Um, probably get rid of. I remember the most egregious example a few years ago was bringing on the company of Riverdance to do some dancing to some clips. What does Riverdance have to do with films? I don't know. They always seem to mm-hmm. come up with these bizarre things to try to keep people entertained <laughs> during the show. Cut that stuff out. There's a reason that they're called the Academy Awards. Award yeah. all the people yeah, yeah. that make an incredible amount of difference to a film. The ones that are supposed to be invisible. The the, the people who do the scores, who do uh, the, the, the sets and the production design, you know, that aren't supposed to stick out. They're supposed to be envelop you into the whole experience of watching a movie but don't do that to them i i I don't i don't blame them for being upset i really don't 
I get it. All right, Tim, we're out of time. Next week, I do want to talk to you about this Alec Baldwin situation that the uh, cinematographer on that movie is claiming he doesn't, he's not accepting responsibility for the shooting, but that will have to be on Tuesday with Tim Lammers. Tim, thank you so much for joining us. Have an awesome weekend, my friend. Thanks, Tim. Uh, thank you, Paul. Thank you, Jordana. We'll talk Tuesday. You got Absolutely. it. When we return, David Schultz, Hamlin Professor of Political Science, we are going to talk about Katanji Brown-Jackson, her nomination to the U.S. Supreme Court. Next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Katanji Brown-Jackson is now the nominee for the next U.S. Supreme Court Justice. She currently serves as a judge on the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia, and the White House describes her as exceptionally qualified. Well, we'll find out about that, right? Jordana and Paul here, and we are joined by Professor David Schultz, Hamlin University Professor of Political Science uh, and Constitutional Scholar. Uh, Professor Schultz, we're so happy to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure again for being on the show. So what do you think about what the White House said? Is she exceptionally qualified? Very well qualified. She um, um, she's been the front runner all along. I know some people were thinking that maybe Judge Wilhelmina Wright Oakley would be on the short list. Um, most of us thought she was going to be um, 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 this. Uh, this judge would be picked. She's been on district court. She's been on the court of appeals. Biden appointed her last year uh, for the court of appeals, so she's already been through a confirmation hearing. Um, passed it with flying colors. The American Bar Association has rated her as highly qualified by all the standard measures in terms of how we would measure, um, let's say, qualifications you know, for a justice. She comes pretty high on the list. So, so, again, no surprise in terms of her being picked. Professor Schultz, this is Paul. Thank you for joining us today. If, if confirmed, uh, Judge Jackson would be the first black woman to serve on the high court. But, again... Uh, she would be the third black justice, Thurgood Marshall, Clarence Thomas, uh, the first two. And certainly everybody predicting a, a fairly partisan confirmation process. She's already under attack, it seems, from some conservatives who have tried to make her sound like an out-of-touch elitist. I guess because she went to Harvard? I don't know. Several other current justices, including two appointed by Republican presidents, went to Harvard. So... Is that going to stick? Is she going to have a tough road with her confirmation process? I don't believe so, because uh, what's happened so far, the Democrats may not be able to, in the Senate, agree on too many things amongst themselves. 
but Biden has been able to hold together his Democratic coalition uh, when it comes to lower court nominations. And he's actually had more judges confirmed to the lower federal courts in his first year than almost any judge in recent history. So I'm expecting that to happen the same thing here. Yeah, that there's going to be some squabbling and fights for Republicans, but unless something really happens, um, they're not going to have the votes to be able to defeat this nomination. And again, the fact she's already had a background check for going up to the Court of Appeals, it's unlikely that like some surprise is going to emerge or something. Um, and again, in terms of the qualifications, I think with the exception of Amy Comey Barrett, um, all the other justices in the Supreme Court have backgrounds from Harvard and Yale. So in some sense, she, fit, she fits in there. Now, what I personally like to see more judges come from different backgrounds and different schools, I probably would. Um, but he, she fits the profile of, 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 of say, the, the most typical Supreme Court justice right now. Okay. So, Professor Schultz, talk to me about what this means to you as a constitutional scholar, as a professor, someone who studies this and has watched this, someone who is a white man in America. What does this appointment say to you? Well, what it says to me is a couple things. Well, first off, you know, I know there's this kind of this myth out there that there's an exact right or wrong answer in the law and that all we have to do is discover it. When, in fact, the reason why we have nine justices on the Supreme Court um, much of the same way where we have 12 jurors is that it has, we want it to reflect different perspectives, you know, that, that, we, that not everybody's going to agree or bring the same experiences to the court. And so clearly her experiences um, as, a, as a black woman, um, she experiences the world and sees the law differently than I do um, and, and therefore um, brings a perspective to the court that's important, much in the same way that Ruth Bader Ginsburg you know, as as our Sandra Day O'Connor, as a woman, brought a perspective to the court that wasn't there before. Um, or I'll tell the story. Alan Page, when he was on the Minnesota Supreme Court, talked about how um, none of the white justices um, on the Minnesota Supreme Court ever experienced being stopped at night in their car on the way from home from work, um, mm-hmm. being told um, that a black person had stolen. Uh, they, they fit the profile of a black person having stolen a BMW or something. And he said part of what brought to the court was that experience, that perspective. She will do the same thing. She will bring a perspective that, that, that I'll say that none of the three of us um, can bring to the court in terms of her background. And that helps because don't we want in part the law to reflect the sensibilities and experiences of, of our society? I think we do. Professor Schultz, Beautiful. I'm going to try, I'm going to shift this up just a little bit since we have you on the line right now we want to ask you about what's happening in ukraine uh little doubt that president putin is bold and reckless is he suicidal uh do you think based on what you know your knowledge of history your knowledge of putin uh and what's happening in the kremlin would they be so bold as to venture into nato territory i what set me off today was finland is now more interested than ever, along with Sweden, after seeing what's happening to Ukraine, they want to join NATO. And Russia yeah. said that could have detrimental consequences. Basically, there's saber-rattling because Finland is interested now in joining NATO. Do you think this could spread a contagion uh, and, and engulf other nations? Or is this just, a, you know, sadly, a one-off with Ukraine? I think it's mostly a one-off with Ukraine. 
because I think Russia still views and Putin views um, Ukraine as part of them. They basically think um, that it's an artificial tree. They created it. Um, but I also think that there is a fear that's happening here that if you're not NATO, um, maybe you're not going to be protected and hoping that that maybe by Sweden or Finland joining NATO, uh, they basically get the protection of, of what? You know, the, what's called Article 5, the Mutual Defense Treaty. So what Putin did really is changing the game of Europe in ways um, that we partly takes back to what World War II, basically resets the clock in a lot of ways, uh, in my opinion, mostly quite dangerously. I want to throw, we have a couple more seconds here, is that some of you may know, I've taught in Russia, I've taught in Ukraine. Uh, one of my friends uh, actually is in Kiev, um, and he's a professor. I taught at that school there. Um, as of this morning, he's still okay. Uh, but the point being is that, um, you know, we're, you know, I guess a couple things here. One is I know some of the players over there, and I actually yesterday was giving a lecture. And this has been arranged months ago. I gave a lecture to a school in Moscow, Russia, yesterday. And I will oh. simply say it was, it was a tense lecture because we're all worried about, about what's going to happen here. And, and, the, and, and the sense that I got um, is that this is not a war being supported by by the Russian citizens, because I think they're worried about the repercussions. Because think about it, these sanctions are going to hit everyday people over there in really ugly ways. Yeah, the and we only have a minute. Have did you worry. did you get the sense that the students could speak freely to you, or was it just sort of an undertone when you were giving them a lecture? Well, it, 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 we all watched our words, and so how I referred to the invasion yesterday is I simply said the phrase. Um, events happening in the world today, and everybody knew what I was referring to, and nobody was going to say Russian invasion because we just presupposed, guess what, uh, that the authorities are listening in on us. Professor David Schultz, fascinating. We will call on you again, sir. Thank you for being so well-rounded to answer all of our questions, and uh, we'll talk more about your, your dealings in, in Russia and Ukraine. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Dave. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Wow. Amazing. Uh, very insightful. If you didn't hear it, rewind it on Odyssey, but we'll tweet it out soon. Uh, joining us in a moment, Mary Jane Fortin, the executive vice president and CCO of Thrivent. We are going to talk about the women's final four coming up and title nine on Game Changers. Trailblazers, rule breakers, role models, game changers. While Title IX opened the door for girls and women in education and sports, some took the opportunity to make history and create a lasting legacy both on the playing field and in the boardroom. Now let's feature one of them and her story with Paul and Jordana. This is Game Changers on News Talk 830 WCCO. Proudly presented by Thrivent, a Fortune 500 financial services organization championing female leaders. I love this segment so much, and I wish, and David, we're going to have to do this. Get the conversations that we have during the commercials with our guests, and before <laughs> and after, that's where the meat is, because we meet so many fascinating people with this segment, and I, I'm thrilled from thank you to the Women's Final Four and to Thrivent for setting this all up for us, because we just meet so many interesting people, and our next guest here on Game Changers is Mary Jane Fortin. She is the Executive Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer for Thrivent who is a main sponsor of this. So uh, I'm thrilled that they made Mary Jane, or, or they asked Mary Jane to come and join us. 
Uh, Mary Jane, welcome, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Jordan. It's so fun to be here with all of you. Well, a little inside baseball, Paul. And you were doing the, or I should say inside basketball. You were doing the weather when Mary Jane and I were bonding. I found out that she's a UConn grad. And yes. being a former orange woman, orange person <laughs> from Syracuse University, that is a huge rivalry. We both used to be in the Big East and the Huskies and the, and the Orange Men. I mean, that was a, it was fun, though, Mary Jane, right? It, it absolutely was a great, great time, for sure. Uh, we're thrilled that you're here, and I know you didn't play college sports or anything like that, but as a as a leader in business now, I'd like to sort of connect the two. Do you have women working for you, women working with you, that saw sports as sort of a gateway to where they are today? How can you connect sports and business now? Yeah, there, there are so many connections, and I should start by saying, yes, at Thrivent, we absolutely we have some of our financial advisors who – Actually, we're college basketball players. We have a couple women, uh, several men that also were college athletes. And you can see where they shine in their ability to serve their clients. But you know, from a, if you just step back from your broad question, Jordana, there are so many parallels that I believe sports brings to, to us, right, in terms of life lessons, professional lessons, and skill development, and resiliency, and passion for what you do. And so I do believe that engaging and, and supporting all of us and, and our children and, and their children to continue to really find their passion. You know, at Thrivent, one of the things we believe is that everyone is, is, has gifts, and, and our job is to help them uncover those gifts and maximize those gifts. And I believe that basketball is one of those examples for many, but absolutely a lot of parallel in really leading through life and, and leading through work uh, that comes from those great sports experiences. Hey, Mary Jane, thank you. Uh, it's really good having you on today, and, and we appreciate your story. You have been outspoken about Title IX uh, during your business career and how important that is to you and to other women. 50th anniversary of Title IX, where women finally have equal rights to participate in school sports. What what does Title IX mean to you? You know, for me, it's been one of making sure that all of us have the same opportunities to build and develop and pursue our passions and use those passions to do good for others. And so for me, you know, having a system that ensures that all of us can pursue our passion, can then use that to continue to develop and grow. And as I go back to the lessons in life, life is hard, life is messy. Um, and there's a lot of skills and coping strategies and life lessons that happen, you know, on the court, on, you know, wherever the sport's played. And I just think that we want to make sure that we have and preserve the ability for, for that to happen for both men, women, and those that want to participate and engage. Mary Jane, I have to ask about this historic nature of this day. Today we are seeing the first black woman nominated as a Supreme Court justice. I mean, that makes me personally really well up. I I know we have a long way to go in this country, but I, I feel very proud that this is a moment that I got to see in my lifetime. Can you react to that? How did that make you feel? I, you know, I, I woke up this morning and, and saw the feed um, and too felt like we continue to make progress. It's maybe slower than some of us would like, but certainly there we've come a long way, even when you go back to thinking about Title IX and 50 years ago. 
Um, so we, we're, we're chipping away. We, we have to stay focused. We have to stay resilient. I'm proud to be part of a Fortune 500 company that's led uh, by a female CEO. Uh, only 40 Fortune 500 companies have that privilege. Um, so we are making progress in many different ways, and today was just another milestone, another historic day uh, that we can all celebrate. Mary Jane, I, I have to ask, uh, being a, a, a female leader in the financial services world, talk a little bit about the difficulties. I, my sense is, and this could just be my own naivete, but my sense is that things are getting better but that we still have a long way to go. Can you talk about the challenges you faced as a woman in an executive role and even what some of the challenges, you know, facing financial services, everything is being disrupted. You have to stay on your toes more than ever, right? I think we all do. The pace of change today will be the slowest pace of change for the rest of our life. Um, sometimes I, re yeah, I remind myself that and get like freaked out a little bit, but then lean into it because change can be great. Um, in terms of my career, I would say, you know, I've been around the industry since the dawn of time, as I like to say, um, and uh, there were many, many meetings, many, many, you know, settings where I'd walk into the room and I was typically, you know, the only woman in the room and sometimes the youngest person in the room. Um, I was blessed, Paul, with some great mentors, uh, people that continued to push me, even see in me things that I didn't even think I was capable of. And so when I think about how do we continue to make progress in this area? It's continuing to help and support others and help them see what they may not even see themselves. What are their gifts? How do we help them pursue? So I would tell you, I feel like we have made progress. Now I go into the meeting and I'm not usually the only woman. And I hate to say it, I'm probably sometimes the oldest woman in the room. Um, so, so things have certainly changed, but there's just, we just, we have to be relentless. We can't, you know, we lost some ground during the pandemic. I hate to say it, you know, with, with young families needing to, you know, um, you know, teach the kids from home, mm -hmm. we, we took a step back as women in the workforce. And so we've got to rebuild that back. We've got to create the support and the mentoring and, and the, uh, the ways to really support each other um, to bring that diversity, diversity to the workplace just so that we can look like the people that we serve, not only from gender, um, but all aspects of life, quite frankly. We've got a lot of work to do in that area. Mary Jane, we probably have about a minute left, but if you could share with us maybe a piece of advice that you would give to your children or maybe some of your mentees at work, share with the group. What do you tell young women or young anyone these days? You know, my, my one of my messages is really comes from Angela Duckworth's great book, Grit. You know, to truly persevere in life, you have to have a passion for what you do. So make sure that you find your passion and be resilient. You know, life is, it's not a ladder, right? It, it's really, there's setbacks in life and how you deal with those setbacks and how you learn from them and how you lean and, and chase failure is really important to really continuing to grow, especially getting back to Paul's point in this highly disruptive, highly changing environment. You've got to be agile. I, Gumby is one of my favorite um, mentors. Um, stay flexible. Pivot and always <laughs> smile and never break. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm partial to Gumby, too. He's green. That's my last name. So There you go. There you go. Mary Jane Fortune, we are so grateful to have you on the show. Again, Executive Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer over at Thrivent. Thank you, Thrivent, for sponsoring this and giving us the ability to talk to incredible people like you. Thank you, Mary Jane. Thanks, Thank you. Mary Jane. It was a pleasure to meet you both.
Well done. You got it. And stay tuned for next Friday at 3.50. We're going to have Jamia Erickson, a financial trade associate at Thrivent, formerly on the women's bobsled team. So there you go. I'm looking forward to that one. Do stay tuned. And we'll be back after the news. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.